What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Loud Thumbs Podcast. And we are on episode 30 this week, so we're Ooh. inching closer, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's getting good. Uh, I am your host, Nick, and with us, as always, is Josh. So say what's up, Josh. Hey, everyone. What's up, everyone? So uh, we just got finished uh, doing some power-up bars, so hopefully you guys will be enjoying that coming up this Friday. That'll be a good one again. We had fun with Hell that. Yeah. And on this episode today, we're going to be talking about the Switch got beat by the PS5. Say what? Oh, it's hard to get Switch. <laughs> What's going on? So that, that'll be fun to talk about. Uh, and then we got a main topic we'll be bringing up. We're going to talk about touch controls in video games and what our thoughts are, along with the polls that are out there from you guys. Uh, as we had a Twitter and Facebook poll up this uh, last week that we had a little fun with. So before we get to all that, though, Josh has got a little housekeeping, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, guys, um, to find us, it's super easy. Uh, just Google Loud Thumbs. We are the entire first page, which is still dope. Hell yeah. Um, you know, you know, all of our social medias, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Discord, Instagram. And it also really helps us if you leave us a, a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us reach more people. And as always, feel free to always feel free to reach out to us at loudthumbs at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, you know, suggestions, you know, ideas, criticisms. We love it all. And then tune in on uh, on when on available Wednesdays or discuss the movie reel. A little bit of a branching off podcast. Just discuss discuss movies and what we like about it and you know topics around the, the specific movie for that episode. Hell yeah. And uh, last but not least, guys, visit our Patreon uh, over there at patreon.com slash loudthumbs and uh, select uh, anything you'd like there to help us out. We'd appreciate it. Uh, we do have a uh, silver member tier level or higher. We'll have some specific powers that they can use uh, to help build and kind of mold the show in a way that they would like. So you have to go over there and check that out for us. And any support always helps. And uh, we would like to thank our Patreon producers for this episode is SirsFurniture.com. We definitely appreciate that, uh, that oh, Patreon yeah. backing. Thank you very much there. We appreciate that. All right. That is it for housekeeping, guys. Um, we do have the poll that's going to be coming up this next week for everybody to vote on. So you'll see that showing up real soon. Uh, probably should be out when you listen to this on Monday. You'll see it on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Um, and this will be... Um, what topic we're going to be doing for the following episode. And this will go along with our Patreon. So if you have a membership of a silver level or higher, you'll actually be able to vote on this. And your vote on Patreon is a power vote. So you can just kind of get in there and just elbows out, you know what I mean? And, and just make <laughs> your choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the options are going to be our movie tie-in video games. We'll talk about those favorite gaming genre, maybe bring that up, or violence in video games. So kind of uh, several different little choices there, nothing too alike to each other. I think that'll uh, that'll give a good variance of what people may or may not want us to talk about. So get over there and vote on our Twitter poll at Loud Thumbs or a Facebook page. Uh, search us up there, like Josh said, and you'll find us. All right. So like we do every episode, we're going to start off with the playlist. So Loud Thumbs playlist, what we've been playing. What have been playing, Josh? Oh, I'm still on that comfort food bandwagon, man. Mm. Playing Diablo 2 Resurrected still. I made it to Act 3 with my assassin. Still been a bunch of fun. Um, it's one of those games I know so well. 
I can usually even just watch something while I play it, but it's making me focus a little bit more now because shit's gotten deadly in Act <laughs> 3. There's these little guys that like stand on top of each other and they breathe fire and it does insane amounts of damage. I can usually plow through everything else until they come and unleash an inferno on my face and I watch <laughs> my health melt and my body lay on the floor. So, <laughs> okay, that happens. The assassin I guess. class is a is a lot of fun though. It's uh, one of the it's one of the um, couple of dueling classes in Diablo two. Uses the claw weapon, which is very unique, um, and there's a lot of skills revolving around that. But um, not always super hardy, and maybe that's my fault for specking a little bit too far into damage, <laughs> and prioritizing the, myself as a glass cannon a little bit. Makes it more <laughs> interesting though. Gotta play a little bit, a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so far, it's it's still been a been a bunch of fun. It's still the game as I as I remember it. Um. Yeah, man. It's it's Diablo two still. It's still great. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yeah, I've uh, I've gotten into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, I've been talking to some friends about that one, and I've had the game for a while. I got it on one of them good deals, so I did jump into that and. Um, Man, that game is rich with all kinds of shit to do. Maybe I'm borderlining on too much stuff to do. Mm, okay. um, but uh, a couple quick things for me. One one quick annoyance I'm going to get out of the way. They got to get rid of the avenging missions in that game. They're really fucking stupid, and they're irritating <laughs> as fuck. Like, you can't get rid of them. Uh, so, Josh, if you're not familiar with what these are, because I don't think you've played Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I haven't. I haven't played any Assassin's Creed. Okay. Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So, they it's a it's a game very similar to you know like Witcher or any pick an open world. It's sort of fantasy. You're a Viking mm -hmm. in the game, and anyway, there are characters in the game that are real life players that die, and if they die and you show up in their area, there is a mission that will come up that will tell you to go avenge okay. them. Like go find the perpetrators that killed this person and you get XP for it. Well, there is a glitch in the system that every single time you pick up a piece of loot, no matter where the fuck you are in the whole world, it gives you that notification, the same notification of the same person who died oh, no. four hours ago. And the notification guys is not small. It's like halfway across the screen, like widthwise in the text <laughs> and it is like on my 55 inch tv each letter is like two inches tall it's really irritating and it comes up every time you grab a piece of loot it makes the noise and then it pops up the mission quest and then the notification of the name of the quest and then it goes away again and it is irritating as hell and the only time it's happened to me twice it's glitched out i have to shut the game down and restart the game again uh, to make it go away that's the worst <laughs> yeah that's that's a rough glitch dude every yeah. time you pick up an item so is this game fairly loot heavy or are you picking heavy. up a lot of stuff heavy oh. loot <laughs> so every time you pick up yeah. anything it's half your screen's just gone yeah and it's like it's right in the middle of the screen off to the left and it's like the text is all huge and it just runs all the way across the screen halfway across and it's just it's really annoying it breaks your your immersion which we've talked about immersion in video games this game mm -hmm. by far that is the worst thing i have found it's almost no it's not worse 
the worst anyway. It is the second worst thing beyond the control sucking that we've discussed. <clears throat> so this it, is terrible because on top of the fact that it sucks, that it's always coming up and it's irritating the hell out of you, it like blocks your view. It takes your brain out of what you're doing and makes your brain focus on that because it could be, it's the same notification noise. It could be a different message. So you have to always pay attention. Oh, so it's okay. like, son of a bitch. I absolutely hate it. I can't stand it. It drives me insane. So that sucks. Um, the game is, is super, super rich with stuff to do, which is, almost too much like i was saying in the beginning there it's really fun but holy hell they, they throw too much at you at once i will i really wish they would have like slow rolled the story in the beginning of this one and kind of just kept you in your original location before they send you mm. off to england because you end up going out and branching off on your own to build your own kingdom is kind of the gist of the game okay and that happens pretty quickly i probably within like three hours i was out making my own kingdom and they hadn't even really taught you all the story or all the controls okay. yet. So I was like, okay, I'll deal with it. Um, there's a plethora of things to do. You have four um, abilities on your arrow. You have four abilities on your like melee or charge attacks. So you have eight okay. different abilities you can use on the fly as you find them and unlock them, which you got to find uh, books of knowledge around the world. So they make those hidden as well. You don't just earn these from playing the game. You have to go find the abilities Ooh, and read them. I kind of like that. Yeah, I like that too. I do. Um, so I did go through a, a bit of hell and I put myself through this. We did talk about difficulty in video games here just last week. So if you guys want to go back yeah. in, that was a hell of a hell of an interview. Uh, Josh and I gave each other there. It was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great episode. Go back. It and really was. Last week. It was really good. Yeah, we got a lot of good compliments on that episode and uh, uh, go back and check it out. But we, um, I decided to make the game a little harder than it already was. And okay. this game does not hold your hand when it comes to anything. Uh, you can go in the game and you can be a level 10 and you could run into uh, a knight that's a level 280. And you can try <laughs> and fight him if you'd like. You're yeah. probably not going to get far, but you can try. So I ran into one. I, I kind of got the controls down. I'm about 10 hours in the game, uh, just for reference. And I ran into a knight. I'm a level 44. He was a level 130. And I thought, you know what? That's 86 levels above me. That's double almost what I'm at. Let's try it. Yeah. Let's try it. Let's see what yeah. happens. Yeah, I like it. I like that attitude. So I'm like, okay, let's do this. I My first one against him he hosed me it was a two-hit kill he hits me twice i die that's just as fast <laughs> as it goes <laughs> that's some dark souls level shit yes it is so i decided to go at him in a couple different ways and i third try i had him more than half health gone and i was still alive and still had one health regen so okay. he ended up hitting me twice and killing me again because i screwed up my dodge so anyway about two hours later, I defeated that motherfucker. <laughs> I got so him. proud of you. That is my <laughs> approach to games right there. Uh, I'm not I'm not right for this, but you know, I'm gonna fucking try. And then it becomes, I'm not gonna let this guy beat me. I'm better than him. Yep. Yep. I went for it. I did. I, I was like, okay, I'm going for that feeling. I want it. Uh the glitch had pissed me off so much where I was like, I finally got rid of the glitch. 
And I went, I'm just going to go do something. Just take my anger out. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to destroy this 130 level guy. You know what I mean? Like he's not that much more above me. I can get this. And (laughs) it it was actually really cool, man. Uh, This is totally up your alley. And I think I could sell you on this game if it hits a good sale for this holiday, because with all of the abilities in the game, you can fully take those abilities and use them in different ways to tackle him in a completely different fighting style. So you have a bow, like you have an ax, and then you have other ability or other other weapons. So I had a spear. So the spear has long range melee attack, right? Mm-hmm. It was faster, but it was less damage. And I thought, okay, okay, well, I can hit him more times with less damage than I can with my ax. I'm going to go for it because I think I can still get more hit points off of him with it. So I swapped out to my spear and I swapped to my quiver. So I'm good to go on my bow. I'm fully loaded up. And I found one small, like, it's kind of like bending the game to my will, which I love to be able to do that in video games. Okay. One small little trick that might help people out there listening. If you have the ability to upgrade your bow and you're in a battle like this and you need more arrows and there are no arrows around, upgrade your bow during the battle and you get a full quiver of bows of arrows again. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. So yeah. I used that to my advantage. I had one upgrade left for my bow and I started working the abilities to my advantage. So I have an ability where I can tackle a guy to the ground and beat the shit out of him. Like it's L1, R1, <laughs> L1, R1. And you just right okay. hand, left hand, just beat the shit out of him. And I thought, you know what? I haven't tried it on one of these big guys. I'm going to try it. So I tackled his ass to the ground and I beat the shit out of him. And it took like 20% of his health away. And I went, holy shit, I can do that five times and beat his ass. I'll have him. And that doesn't count when I'm shooting him with arrows. And that doesn't count when I'm meleeing him to build up my ability to bank it and have it ready. So on his, his offense is he throws smoke bombs at you. He throws regular bombs at you that are fire. They'll blow up on contact. The smoke bombs are proximity. So you have to fall into the ring that's around them or they won't go off. And then he throws daggers at you. So the closer you are, you cannot dodge them. They'll go through your shields and everything. But the further away you are, you have an ability to dodge them because you can see them coming. So I started pelting him because he had three hits marks he had one on each shoulder and one in the left knee and if you hit those three points with the arrow he would drop to the ground and you could do a stun attack to him you can only do this one time for the battle though that's all you could do at one time Uh, that one time would actually take away like another 20 percent of his health so i went okay all i got to do is hit him three times with my tackle and one time with the bow and then as my melee gets in there on him i'll i think i got him i got him i can do this Mm -hmm. so once I got the method down and I realized it was so much like Sekiro or, you know, like the, the Bloodborne games and everything, you know, which I've played a little Bloodborne, not a whole lot yet, but I made, I played more Sekiro than I have anything uh, when it comes to yeah. Souls-like games. And dude, I turned fucking Assassin's Creed into a Souls-like last night. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was cool oh, shit. Yeah, and I had that moment we were talking about on last episode where it was just like, fuck you, fuck you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> i can super relate yeah yeah yeah, yep. yeah that's awesome dude this game sounds dope i heard i've always heard really good reviews about uh, Valhalla. 
Yeah. And uh, I'm glad to hear like a really, a really good, like first person, like firsthand account on it. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it is definitely fun. It, it definitely got addictive that about hour four or five, when you start to get your own kingdom and you're building up your kingdom, you literally go and build your own encampment to start with. You go oh. off and you do raids and you raid like, you know, missionaries and things like this. And you take all of their supplies and then you take them back to your location and you can choose do you want to build a hunter's you know loft or do you want to build you know uh, a dock for your boats do you want to bring in uh, a baker for food um you know so you can have feasts and build up your health before you go on a mission that sort of stuff um do you want to have oh yeah it's super super detailed and and there's so much to do it's just like throwing you know how much stuff there is it's insane so it it's um a little too much to begin with i have a handle on it now i understand everything mm. um besides how to turn the game into a souls like tip that i just gave everybody <laughs> um, <laughs> if you yeah. if you just give it that three or four hours to get past all of the learning curve because there's a solid three or four hours before you have a full grasp of the story before you really know what's happening and how to control everything and what you want to do in the game really because there's so you can go off and do like the secret missions with the assassins you can go off and do the main missions to build your town you can go get territories and have them side on your side just by overtaking them and getting them to join you um there's all these options so once you decide which route you want to go it really helps you go forward. So it's uh, a, it's, it's a lot of game and it's a lot of fun. And from everything I know, if you want to complete this game, you're going to end up with like 150 to 160 hours in it. So it's a big game. game. Yeah. It's like another Witcher. Yeah, it really is. And I think I got it for $35 when it came out. So I've still, to this day, it's still like half price. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cause I have the PS5 version. So it's a $70 game. (laughs) so you said there's a lot did they at least pace it well as far yeah, as they do the information and okay. you you kind of choose the pace too so that's kind of nice for you as the and we talked about that kind of our difficulty in games like we want to be able to choose in a way so that you can take it on as you can right and that's really what they let you do you can just go off and do side missions like crazy uh you know get supplies build up find the books of knowledge uh, find other pieces of armor, you know, that are around the world. Um, just synchronizing the map is one of the things I do. There's actually points uh, where you go to the peak of like a church or something. It's like a giant high point in a map and you'll synchronize, okay. um, you'll synchronize with the map so that you can see all the land and now you have it all oh. on your map. So you can see all the hidden shit. So you can oh, just that, do that. Is that pretty similar to the towers and breath of the wild? hundred percent the same identical. Okay. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, Assassin's Creed's been doing this since like 2006 or five-ish. And yeah, that was something that Breath of the Wild sort of adapted and, and took into the, oh, to Zelda. okay, cool. Yep. All right. Yep, it's identical to that. So it's very cool because it does show you all the little hints and all the other places you can go. It'll show you, um, there's white locations on the map that show up to find like secret things and stuff. There's gold things that show up for wealth. Um, the, the secret things, I think they're kind of technically supposed to be like a bluish color, but they're like a whitish blue. They just say Mm -hmm. mysteries on them. Um, but yeah, you can go gain wealth and, you know, you can fight fucking guards and anybody you want that are outside your level. If you want to upgrade the challenge, you know, so (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I will say I did spend two hours beating that guy and I only got two skill points. So I was a little pissed off about that. (laughs) 
I was not happy <laughs> because I put my horse on autopilot and sent him across the map to take me someplace. And I got six skill points for the autopilot horse. That makes no sense. <laughs> oh, no, that's yeah, that's that's a little bit rough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Six points for just riding your horse somewhere versus spending yep. two hours to kill a guy way above your level. Right now, I got yeah. a little bit of cool shit and I did progress that part of the story because you have to kill those guys to get certain intel and certain pieces of silver oh, from them. OK, a that will progress it. Exactly. It pro progresses yeah. another part of the storyline that has to do with the assassins themselves. So, but they want you to go play the game. They, I mean, there are some things right now that are telling me I need to be level 400 to do them. So, okay. <laughs> and I've been playing for 10 hours and I just hit level 46. So you can see wow, the level progression is fast. It's fast. Yeah. So I think if they would have made it a normal level progression, they could have dumped everything down to probably maxing out at a hundred if they really wanted to. Okay. I, I think it's probably about four times faster than most other games level up, if I had okay. to guess. I got you. Yeah, I'm pretty used to being 10 or 11, about one level an hour in a way. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, this is quite a bit faster, but it's fun. Um, I'm going to keep playing it. I'm going to hopefully finish it up uh, maybe before the end of the month. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to have a good time with it. So we might, like yeah. I said, Hell we yeah. might have a lot of Assassin's Creed talk on this one, but every, everything is changing on that one. It's not the same thing every time. So it's really fun. Hell yeah, man. All right. Well, that is it for our playlist. We are going to get into some topics of the show, right? Hell yeah, man. And we got touch controls. Kind of what we think about touch controls. I thought this was a good one because not a lot of people talk about this anymore. I think they kind of forgot that no. phones and everything else are touchscreen, right? <laughs> yeah, and some of these phone games are getting kind of complicated like oh, yeah. i shouldn't say phone but mobile games and mobile. You know, stuff you can play on tablets and such but yeah this probably is not a widely discussed topic just because when you think gaming you're thinking pc you're thinking you know playstation xbox Nintendo. Yeah. you know a lot of times people don't look as fondly on mobile gaming so right exactly yeah, and you know, I was thinking about this. Like, how often does your brain tell you that the Switch is touchscreen? Absolutely never. I forget all the time. <laughs> exactly. In fact, the one time I was at his buddy's house and he used it as a touchscreen, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> I've had this console for years and I completely forgot the Switch has touch controls. Yeah, exactly. That is my exact thoughts on it as well. So I, uh, I I think touch controls, uh, I guess I should tell everybody out there the poll. Uh, I was just kind of tallying it up right there while, while you talked a little bit. But we, uh, we did put a poll, a poll up on Twitter and our Facebook page. And what it came out to be that we had a, a four option choices, right? We had, mm -hmm. I love them. They're great. Love them. They're okay. Uh, I put up with them or I hate them. Completely avoid them. So what it turned out is we had, I mean, it was hands down, um, the uh, they're okay ended up winning with looking at Facebook and Twitter combined, uh, ended up winning at what I show is five votes versus the um, three votes for I love them, 
three votes for I put up or for their okay. And then um, we had, I hate them was a two. So we had a tie uh, for, for two of them, but most people just said they're okay. So, um, which I think I might've said that wrong. There was five people who said they're okay. So okay is technically the one that was like, eh, whatever. I mm-hmm. kind of feel like that's what most people thought. And I'm like, you know what? I was, I put up with them kind of guy. I would prefer not to have them. I don't even think they're okay. I would rather not have them at all. Oh, not rather not at all. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only touch screen games that I've enjoyed were on the Vita. And the reason really? for that okay. is because they were gameplay completely innovated or integrated. Uh, they were innovative actually for the time too. And you think about it actually. So okay. like, for example, like Nathan Drake, the uncharted game that was on at golden abyss, when you would play that game, you would have to take like, say you find a, a piece of paper that had a map or something on it, or you find like an amulet and you need to okay. trace it. You would put a piece of paper over top of the amulet and then you would use your finger and run your finger like a pencil across the hmm. top of the paper. And it would, transpose it to the paper like a pencil would do okay, so it, okay. it was a it was a gameplay mechanic so it, it made sense and it worked it was okay it was a small enough handheld to hold in one hand as well and do that with the other hand so it wasn't cumbersome or you know intrusive or anything like that okay you also used it when you would be like um you know going around corners if you wanted to peek or if you wanted to um you know go up or down while climbing you would just you know, swipe your finger the direction you would want his arms to go. So it, it yeah, made sense to me. I don't think very many games do that anymore. I mean, no, it, I mean, would you consider the, the, um, the DS like screen as touch controls? It has the stylus and such, or is that not what we're going for? You know, I, I actually wasn't even thinking so much about the DS, honestly, because the because switch kind of took its place. Big mechanic. Yeah, the Switch has some stuff for it for touch, but like the DS really made use of that screen with the stylus and such. No, you're, good few you're right. Games. I no, I would not. I I would I would include that as touch controls. It was just actually one okay. that I never even thought of. Um, I don't play my DS as often as I ever used to because of the Switch mainly, and I have a mobile phone in my pocket that does more games than it does as well. <laughs> Fair, but, yeah, yeah. You're you're absolutely right on that one. Like. I think the the Vita and the DS would probably be the two exceptions for me personally. Now that you brought up the DS, which I spaced. Yeah. I mean, later in the DS's life, I think a lot of the touch stuff became a little bit less uh, integrated in the games. It was definitely a big thing throughout the first generation of DS, though. Yeah, huge. Like uh, WarioWare and, um, mm-hmm. you know, even like uh, there was a Mario Donkey Kong game that you had to use the touchscreen completely. There were no button controls at all for it. You had to tell the little yeah. Mario guys which direction to go. It was like a puzzle game. I think can't Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass was a lot like that as well, to where you control the boomerang. I think you even control Link's movements with the stylus, and you would touch and, and swipe with the stylus to like attack and stuff like that. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, you I know actually, what? I didn't think about that when I voted in this poll. Because... <laughs> Overall, I'm kind of okay with them. I mean, I realize they have their place on mobile gaming, and that's how it's got to be done for the most part, unless you invest in mm. like a separate controller for it. Um, but thing of the DS, there were some games like I genuinely like enjoy some of the touch mechanics, like uh, Castlevania: Dawn of Sorrow. 
Okay. It wasn't used a ton. There's cool like end of boss mechanics where you have to uh, quickly connect um, some dots in the circle to like create like the seal to like I seal gotcha. the enemies away. And it's like a really cool like cinematic event at the end of each boss, which I thought was really fun to do. Um, and like Zelda, like I mentioned, and a lot of a lot, a lot of early DS games, you made yeah. big use of that screen. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and you know, even actually Nathan Drake, uh, the Uncharted Golden Abyss game had the same sort of mechanic with puzzles, where you would swipe the you know the puzzles a certain way to line up a statue that you know needed to be. So it mm, felt like okay. using your hands instead of a controller. So that that was kind of bridging the gap before there was any sort of motion games really as well. So I guess that's true, but maybe the fact that you're having a stylus in your hand really made a difference for me. Cause I'm, I mean, I used to use Palm pilots and stuff like that. I'm sure half maybe of our listeners don't even know what a Palm pilot is, but <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. It was a phone before it made phone calls, but it used a touch stylus as this mm. way to sum it up. It was a little computer. Um, yeah. And I guess to that point, like the, the three, the DS wasn't exclusively like, so they have made heavy use of that touchscreen, but it was in combination with like regular button controls. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe that was the difference for you. Right. That's true. And, you know, the other thing I've been thinking about on touch controls. So I get, you know, they're okay, one out the vote, but it kind of feels like they're trying to get rid of them. If you think about all of the accessories, like I have a Razer Kishi for my, one of my Android phones that I use is just to play Game Pass and, and PlayStation uh, remote play. And it just attaches to my phone and becomes a controller. So it turns my phone into a miniature switch in a way, right? Okay. Um, and then they have the backbone, which is also another device that you just, it's only with iPhone right now, but you, plug your iPhone into it and it looks like a switch with controllers on the sides. Now you, huh. it completely okay. takes away the touch functionality and puts it all on buttons so you can play games. Um, I, I almost feel like the switch having a touch screen is counterproductive in a way thinking about it. Yeah. You know, it's not required for anything, man. Like I'm having a hard time thinking while we talk here, if the switch has anything on this, on it that has to be touchscreen i don't think it does i don't know because it maybe if it has functionality in games i have never used i've occasionally used it to like type in my password or search things on the nintendo store right um but even then most of the time i forget about it and i just joystick my way through the keyboard yeah so well, and if I, you gotta dock it right yeah. and if you dock it you take away the touchscreen so i yeah, so can't really integrate it into games yeah, yeah it can't be it can't be 100 percent have to use it right Dude, I have no idea. I've never even attempted to use it while gaming. So right, same. Maybe you could use it for like scrolling through like a map. Like I've never tried like doing that while I'm playing Zelda. If I could no. use a touch screen to like scroll the map at all, right? It, and maybe that's a thing that's available. But you're right; they can't make it like a key mechanic because it has to be able to be docked. Yeah. So and you know, even your brain is saying like. I'm not going to touch the screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we don't even, we don't even need a touch screen on these things. Yeah. Why is it there? Why is it there? Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, <laughs> that's a completely valid point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it, it's like a, I'll put up with them, but at the same time, I don't think they're needed. And, you know, I think of my early days of playing mobile phone games where mm-hmm. like when they put Grand Theft Auto, I love Grand Theft Auto. We'll talk about some of that later, but when they put Grand Theft Auto on a phone, 
I was like, hell yes, I can take this thing with me. This is badass. The yeah. controls are shit, man. They're terrible. There's so many <laughs> buttons that you need to play Grand Theft Auto and they're yeah. all on the screen and you're covering up the experience when you're trying yeah. to play. That's what I've seen is that it like it'll put the button layout on the screen. And if you have a tablet, it's probably absolutely fine. But on your phone and while phones are still getting bigger and bigger these days, unless you have like a Galaxy Note that's like enormous, mm-hmm. you're probably taking up to a third to half of your screen with your thumbs and then the various buttons you need to use. while. Yeah, exactly. And, and on an iPad or anything tablet wise, you don't want to hold the damn thing. You know what I mean? It's too big to hold and play because of the button uh-huh. layouts. Um, I, I have tried that and that that's not any better. Uh, mm. I mean, I love touchscreen on, uh, you know, for work or for, you know, business things and stuff like that is so yeah. much faster and you can implement Absolutely. so much more on a touchscreen. But I think in gaming, man, it's like, I think it's eventually going to go away. Like, I don't think we're going to see touch yeah. controls in 10 years. I think the, everything is just going to be hard controls again. I think it's just a niche thing that will eventually, it's like a fad. You know what I mean? It'll just yeah, be strictly like the to phones. When touchscreens came out and became widely available, it was very cool. And an interesting thing about it is when I come, when I come thinking now is, you know, touch controls should be faster you don't have to press anything you yeah. don't tap but there's nothing like knowing where you're at with a tactile feel of a button mm-hmm. and yeah. the guarantee that a button gives you because if you touch something and don't touch it in the right way or give it enough contact and you thought you know it doesn't do the thing and depending on the game like uh diablo immortal will come out at some point at some time yeah. because blizzard doesn't release their game for games for years um (laughs) yeah but in that game like if you're playing like the wizard and you try to teleport somewhere and you don't hit it at the right time when you're about to die and then diablo takes about 0.0003 seconds you're dead yeah so i mean in theory touch controls should be better because all you have to do is move your essentially just move your thumb and you've done the thing right but they're not because they're not confidence inspiring and they don't give that feedback that you know you've done what it, what it is you've intended to do. Right, which then adds a level of frustration on top of the fact that you don't know if it was you, if it was the device, if it was the game. Like, yeah, you, you know, try playing, like think about playing like a Souls-like game with touchscreen controls. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I, I'm thinking about it now, man. Now you probably, <laughs> no thanks. Absolutely not. I wouldn't, I would not play a Mobile Souls. Hell no. Hell no. So, and that's a huge genre, right? That's huge. Like souls likes are just blowing up. I mean, they're, they're insane and I get why. So you're never going to be able to put something like that on a mobile device. And I, I feel like that's why these backbones and the razor Kishis and and everything that's taking your phone and turning it into something that Mm -hmm. is physical, um, is it's the new wave. Um, I like the Kishi a lot. I have not tried the backbone, but I feel like they know like, okay, the people want to play games on their phones because their phones are always with them and they are powerful as hell anymore. I mean, phones are super computers. It's crazy. And so games are getting legit. They look great. I mean, so much for your battery life, but they look really good, man. 
Yeah, they really, really do. And I, I feel like I, I am in the camp. I said, I put, I put up with them, but when I know I can plug my phone into something physical and take away the, the touch controls, that's what I'm going to do every single time, every single time. Yeah. If anything, like we were big, big purveyors for the dual sense, right? We fucking love the mm-hmm. dual sense. And yes, the touchpad that that thing has is, I think, as far as we need to go with anything touching video games. I was just about to ask you what you thought about the touch controls on, because the PlayStation 4 um, controller had it as well. It's not as responsive as what the 5 is now. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that that is a noticeable upgrade for the DualSense. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, do you enjoy the, the touchpad controls on, on the PlayStation consoles then? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's it goes back to that discussion with the Vita that I was mentioning. Um, not so much as matching up with the DS because the stylus is totally different feel. The stylus is almost sure, like a controller sure. in a way. It just changes the way my brain thinks about it. I guess you know you're holding something. You're using you know? the tool to still do it, not just yeah, you're, yeah. you're touching it yourself. I, I exactly. Get so I, yeah, it definitely goes to the Vita side of my of my brain and goes. You know what? It is a mechanic in the game that's built into that. And it works and it's, it's responsive, mm-hmm. you know, playing um, Astrobot, where, you know, you'd, you'd have to zip up the, the, the one suit. There's a one, like a frog suit, uh, I think it is, or maybe the yeah, robot. You gotta yeah. zip, I think it is the frog. Now that I think about it, you gotta zip it up. And like, just that, just that, it just added something to the experience. Like, I'm like, that's cool as hell. The controller felt like a zipper going mm-hmm. up and I was, you know, you're doing it with your finger, which is what you use to zip up anything. So I'm like, you know what, that, that just added something to it. Playing Ghost of Tsushima and swiping for your direction. Yeah. It always works. And it, it just was easy. You just be trotting along on the horse and just do a little swipe up and there you go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, bowing, you know, doing, doing the, the bowing and everything that you could do with it as well when you would get into the yeah the praying and putting your sword away and yeah bringing out the flute yeah i think i think that's more acceptable because it's the touchpad on playstation and thank god for the developers intuition on this has never been an integral part of games it's always right. been an additional feature yeah and sometimes i like if i went to go put away my sword i'd accidentally do like a different direction and he would bow or yeah flute or something dumb but it it was never anything that like bothered me yeah because it wasn't a main feature of the game like the game does not rely on those touch controls it's a way for them to add four free buttons on the thing for quick access agreed agreed and to kind of go along with that when when you play remote play on a playstation from like your phone Mm-hmm. You would think that you could use the anywhere on the whole touchpad of the screen for the touchpad, but no, you have to yeah. use this small little one inch section at the top of the screen on your phone. So it's like that just doesn't oh, work the, for it, at it, the yeah. top of your screen. Yeah, it oh, doesn't no. translate. It doesn't translate at all. So your palms are covering up half your screen. So yeah, you're you're, trying... you're holding you're holding the phone like this, and you have to reach with your thumb over the screen, cover it up, and then swipe at the top up here oh no and it's like no thanks like no i'm not holding a playstation control i'm holding a phone let me swipe anywhere on the phone and let it do that now i have this giant section in the middle that there's nothing but just screen let me use it mm. so yeah even even in those aspects it feels like a touchscreen mobile device has been like kind of like eh you know what just put it on there like we're not gonna like go ahead and 
develop something specific for that phone to make the experience sure, better. Sure. It's like, just, just play it, put up with it. <laughs> <laughs> what about on the Xbox side? Do they, uh, I assume they offer like a remote play option as well. Yeah. No, no touch control features or anything to worry about on it. What Xbox does do that is actually really nice compared to the PlayStation app from the last time I played on it, you can touch anywhere and it registers like your joysticks. So you don't oh, have man. to put your fingers okay. on a joystick. You put them anywhere and it registers. And then your once ABX again. and Y, you can modify anywhere you want. Yeah, once again, Sony, get your shit together when it comes yeah. to your auxiliary, like your ecosystem. That's one thing while well, Xbox does lag and like, um, you know, overall exclusives and stuff, man, their ecosystem seems great. Yes. Yeah, they, they've got it under control <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, so yeah, do, does go do ahead. Touch controls feel better through the Xbox or do you, is there like a noticeable difference? Does uh, one streaming service, one does one work better on it than the other? It definitely is better on the Xbox because it leaves you with that ability to modify where you want your controls to be. So you're not stuck mm. with what they gave you. Uh, PlayStation is like, you're stuck. It puts your L and R's up here and your, you know, your, lnr ones and your lnr twos yeah and then it puts your ab or it puts your you know your your square and triangle and circle you know all over here and your joysticks are always in the middle like nothing can be moved but if you want to hold the controller differently okay. on the xbox you literally can just edit your controls and hold that joystick and move it over wherever you want or you can set it up to work wherever your thumbs land and it'll just work dude that's really good yeah. So you could feasibly well like enjoy games with the touch with the touch controls. Oh yeah. I've played Xbox. um okay. I can't tell you what the game's called because I just I was playing them because testing around with touch controls and stuff as we talk about these, but um you play as a little orange fox and I'm spacing the name, so I forget. I apologize. But anyhow, it's just a platformer. It's like a Mario platformer three okay. D. Yeah. You know? And I played that game for like two hours on touch controls. And then I was like, okay, let's see what it's like chucked it into the razor kishi started playing it with that and i'm like you know what it's not terribly different i do prefer having the controller in my hand but okay this is this is doable either way if i didn't have my kishi with me or i forgot it at home and i left or if i on a whim was like oh you know what i want to play a game i can just fire that up and play on the touchscreen. okay worth putting up with you know one of those sort of things <laughs> <laughs> we'd still rather rather have the controller but yeah Xbox makes it better. Right. Okay. Yep. Agreed. So you say you landed in the they're okay camp. Is that right? Yeah. I think it serves a purpose for mobile gaming. And mm -hmm. honestly, that's, that's the first thing that came to my mind when I think touch controls, I think mobile gaming. Um, I think they serve a purpose there. Um, I do find it harder for them to be um, like active stuff. Like, Yes. real time action things because either like your skin has to be like dry enough otherwise it, otherwise it grips weird on the screen and then it mm. makes your thumb sore like it wouldn't on like a controller um so it, it's a little finicky for me that way i mean I, I guess i would prefer a control over it but i mean if it, the game is designed with touch controls in mind i think it's a little bit better and it's fine. I'm not a big mobile gamer, but the times I've hmm. tried it, I haven't hated it. I'll put it that way. Yeah, no, that's fair. Definitely if it's designed for touch, makes sense. Um, yeah. I think touchscreen 
the only thing uh, based off of what you're saying there that would be in the same point or same valley is just puzzle games. Um, playing a puzzle game with touchscreen is mm. much easier than a controller. For yeah. uh, for example, like for some reason, my brain cannot wrap its, itself around how I played Hexic on the 360 with a controller, which Hexic was a lot like a Tetris game, except everything was hexagonal shaped. Okay. So, and I'm like, how did I play that game with a controller? And it was really fun. I remember having a really good time with it. So I don't remember, but obviously it was built around a controller. So it worked. Then I thought, thought to myself, okay, I play other puzzle games currently that are on touchscreen and mm -hmm. I would hate to play those. Like let's say candy crush or zookeeper is a big one. I've been playing actually right now. It's on Apple arcade um, where you just have to match things up. How annoying would that shit be if you had to like oh click, click, God. click, 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 move, click, 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 move, click, 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 move, click, move. I mean, you would have to, oh, drive me insane. Drive yeah. me insane. So yeah, they all do have their purpose. Really <laughs> lend themselves to just yeah. the quickness of touch controls. But yeah, I mean, that's a lot of stuff you can stand back, you can look, you can think about, or it doesn't require both your hands to be, you know, working in tandem to do something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that that's probably where it ends with is like if if it's built for touchscreen yeah that's okay otherwise mm -hmm. you kind of have to for me you kind of have to put up with them so if you're josh they're kind of okay overall <laughs> yeah they're fine yeah they get the job done we can still play games on them <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what we're talking exactly. about talking about games oh yeah so so that was good. Uh, look into our Twitter for next week. We'll have the other ones up for the poll and we'll have another topic to discuss then. That'll be fun. We'll do that as well. Uh, I think we're going to jump to some news, guys. So get ready for that. We have... Oh, just a few news things here we're going to go over. Um, I got I to gotta first talk about the big one. Uh, we announced it at the beginning of the show, but yeah, the PlayStation 5 outsold the Switch in the month of September. That's freaking huge news. The Switch has been number one for 33 months, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it deserves every bit of it because uh, we talked, we've talked, had a big discussion about accessibility and you know and our difficulty in games and stuff but talk about an accessible console like yeah. with a plethora of just accessible games like it, literally everybody can get into the switch so like it, it just the round of design and how good of a job nintendo did with it i think it fully deserves to be the number one seller for you know, nearly three years straight i mean yeah. ps5 outselling the switch is a big accomplishment nintendo cannot produce those things fast enough and Sony managed to outdo them for at least a month. Yeah, which is, it's kind of crazy, but so at the same time, understandable, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just, yeah. this thing is is just getting legs, man, and it's just about to take off and start running. It's just going to be crazy coming up in the next couple of years just to see what happens. It's it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, it it sold uh, 146,000 consoles. So, Gosh. <laughs> yeah, and they're still impossible to find. <laughs> yeah, they really are. That is no joke. No joke at all. 
So it is extremely, extremely popular and it's just killing it right now. And uh, hopefully it, it continues to grow those very long legs that it's having. I know everybody out there is, is battling for market share when it comes to video games, but um, I'm happy to enjoy all of them as much as yeah. I can. <laughs> and competition just breeds better product as far as i'm concerned so yeah absolutely that is definitely exciting it was a uh, something big that did not expect uh, to see it was a uh, let's see it spiked 49 percent and sold 412 million dollars of consoles in september damn yeah that's pretty crazy pretty crazy but well-deserved. Congratulations, Sony. Uh, we, we knew you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, on to the next one. And this is big news for Josh. So uh, you got to take this one, Josh. I don't know if you read this on the doc. But, I mean, come on, right? We've been talking about yeah, this one. Are they, finally, are they finally improving their mobile app? Yeah, this is, is a question. Yeah, this is a beta. There's a beta out. It's official. It's okay. not out to everybody yet, but what they're planning to do, guys, and if you've listened back to some of our episodes or you've been listening to us so far, one of the things, especially for Josh, I am with this camp too. I'm right there behind mm -hmm. him. It is not easy to share your content on a PS5 to anywhere no. very easily, especially to your mobile device. You cannot do it at all. It's impossible. <laughs> no, not with the app. You can do it, with and, the app. but you have to move around it. Right. But the app, it is impossible. Let me let me rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they have a beta out now that you're they're actually making it cloud. So you can send everything to the cloud. Your app will then also read the cloud. So you'll therefore okay. then be able to access your app to the cloud, find all of your you know content that you want, save it to your device, and it will stay on the cloud for 14 days. So they give you a solid two weeks to share your content. I think that's plenty of okay. time. Yeah, And no charge for this from everything they have said and stated so far on the beta. And it is out in the wild right now being tested. So hopefully real soon we'll be having that competition oh. on our mobile to be able to finally share those things with all of you guys out there. Because I know Josh has got some dope shit he wants to share all the time. And so do I. Yeah. And, and sometimes <laughs> I just don't want to like take the time to upload the YouTube, find it on, on my on my YouTube page, play it while recording my screen and then cutting out the beginning. So you, you don't have to see my like start and play button. <laughs> yeah. And at the end to where it asked me if I want to see it again. So yeah. like, there's, you know, sometimes I'll do something cool in return. I'm like, ah, that was cool. But I don't want to spend like five minutes trying to get this up no. somewhere. So this is great news. Honestly, they better not charge it. Anybody for anything for this. No, now they're just playing catch up. I mean, yeah. Microsoft has such a good ecosystem with their stuff. Oh yeah. There's no way they could justify selling this to anybody. No, absolutely not. At this point in the world, that is something that comes with purchasing the console, guys. All you console makers, that's what you need to think about. I buy your console and I want to access it remotely. That app's free. I paid for that console. Yeah. I better not have to pay for the app to work with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is only fair. So, um. So that's exciting, at least for us, both of us here. I'm, hopefully it's exciting for any of you guys out there. If you guys are excited to try this beta out or see this feature come, we'd like to hear from it. So you have to let us know what you guys think about that as well. 
Yeah, and share share all your cool gaming videos with us on any of our you know socials. We'd love Hell to yeah. see your stuff as much as you want to see our stuff. Yeah, ha- hashtag it and throw it at us with a with a hashtag. Stay loud and and at loud thumbs, man. That's just that's it. Hell yeah. Uh, next news story here: GTA Trilogy is finally got a release date. They released a trailer today, actually, as we record this, and uh, yeah. is coming out November eleventh. So it's only a couple weeks away from the time you guys are going to be listening to this. I, for one, Very am soon. fucking pumped. I am pumped for this. <laughs> oh, so yeah. So much. It looks so good. Uh, we watched uh, in the it pre-show, does. we watched the trailer. And yeah, Josh, tell them, tell them what you guys, what you think about it, because uh, you're, you're less versed in GTA than me, so. Oh, yeah, I'm not really versed in GTA at all. <laughs> but <laughs> aside from knowing what it is, mm. um, no, it, it legitimately looks good. So we were even talking the same conversation in pre-show that, you know, a lot of these remasters are just better skin textures. Like all the models are the same and stuff. And a lot of that I get because it would take a ton of work to completely redo all the models and all that stuff. But a lot of times you can just tell it's better textures slapped on old models, which is great that they're re-releasing it. It looks good. Um, And I'm not against it. But this looks pretty good. And some of it you can definitely tell is older models, but they have actually been updated to an extent. I don't know, the color choices are a lot more vibrant and better. The lighting is a lot better. So um, it changes the way everything looks by a lot. They didn't just like slap, you know, better textures on it and call it a day. They modified it to a good extent. Now you can still tell it's an older GTA and the character movements are the same and a lot of the models overall are the same while being smoothed over and enhanced a little bit. So it's not like, it's not a complete remake, but it's a great remaster. Yeah. And you know, like what you said there in the beginning, yeah, there's, you can slap paint on it and and call it new or whatever, but it's Mm -hmm. like, there's a better way of doing that. Right. That's kind of what it comes down to. And this is the better way of doing it. Exactly. Um, You know, as far as I'm concerned, this is, perfect like i don't know a better word for it i think i have to say perfect (laughs) because yeah you know i was gonna say well worth it but no this is this is perfect because it is it's gonna give me personally i'm i'm the gta guy i love gta if it wasn't for gta 3 it would not have got me back into gaming gta 3 hands down brought me back from driving a real car in real life to video games (laughs) because it was that (laughs) time of my life but yeah, this gives me that nostalgia feel with just just adding a little bit more to it, you know, just mm-hmm. making it feel new and fresh again and like being able to just to be in awe about the game. Um, some of our fans out there might know what I'm talking about if they've ever played the PS2 version and then later they played the Xbox version way back in like, you know, the original, you know, OG Xbox days. Yeah. When those came out, I, I'm a geek for graphics and, and video games, obviously. You know, so is Josh. That's why we do a podcast. So <laughs> yeah. so it it was it was negligible to most people, but it meant something to me. So when I played the PS2 version of GTA, I played through the whole thing. I loved it, GTA three. And then they came out with the Xbox version. And I'm like, oh shit, I wonder what's better about this. The Xbox was a much more powerful console. So I get to paying attention. I'm reading magazines and looking through everything. And they've seriously went in and, and upgraded the game 
and used better textures and they laid the game out better and cars this sounds stupid to most people cars actually had engines versus just the hood popping off with a flat picture of an engine right so (laughs) that meant something to me like it went from like a flat picture of an engine to a 3d modeled engine in the vehicle when the hood would blow off um you know it had you know, we, we talked about in the pre-show, they had like the, the cupped hand, you know, the blocky cupped hand that the fingers never yeah, spread apart, the right? Lego hands. Yeah. yeah, the Lego hands, right? It it actually took those in the Xbox version and actually at least made their hands open up. So they may not have been, you know, completely articulate, but they didn't look like this weird like doll. You know what I mean? Like they were making yeah. these little, they had little things where like when you drive in the rain, water would hit the screen and you see the droplets hit and it would run down the screen and stuff like that. Little tiny things like that they did when it went yeah. from PS2 to Xbox. And that meant something to me back then. I wanted to play the best version of any game that I could. And hands down, this is going to be the best version of three Vice City and San Andreas ever made. Hands down hands down i can't believe how good it looks for still looking classic you know i guess would be the word to put on it yeah that's a that's fair yeah this definitely looks like a very good remaster yeah i was i was super thrilled especially with the neon and everything that was going on in vice city and how the neon just popped and it just looked so much better with Mm, all the lighting effects and everything it was just so much better there you know there's some excellent screenshots out there they're on websites that just have the you can see the reflections in the cars now it's not quite ray tracing right. but holy hell it's super close for a game that's 20 years old <laughs> yeah no yeah guys go watch the trailer um it gives like really cool side by sides of the original version versus mm-hmm. the remastered and the differences are significant especially what they can do with color and lighting i think it makes a yeah. big difference on how the game looks yeah, absolutely. It does like a cool pan sweep where like it just this sweep just comes across the image and you see it go from old to new. And the one that stood out for me was when they were in CJ's house at in the kitchen. They did the pan sweep and the, the cabinets were just kind of blocky brown blocks and the wall uh-huh. was just black and the the countertop and everything was just kind of washed out weird colors and as it went across there was like a backsplash on the wall now it wasn't just the black the detail was in the cabinets the sink was 3d Uh and actually sunk in you could tell that everything all the characters popped and looked better it just uh it's just that new new level of like here we go i'm ready for this let's do it and it's definitely remastered the best way i think they could have yeah and it's Uh, All three of them are releasing on next-gen consoles on the 11th, $59.99 for all three of them. So 20 bucks a game, not bad. Not bad at all. uh, Previous-gen consoles, uh, Xbox One and PS4, are going to be $49.99. So, you know, totally worth it, 100%. Yeah, and I think they'll still look great on the last-gen consoles, too. I guess nothing that they can't do. Nope, absolutely not. If, If anything, I mean, maybe they'll run a little better. But you know, I mean, as far as load times, not like physically running uh, frame rate wise. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that would probably be about it. I don't see that game being that old. I don't see them being dramatically different. So if you have last gen and next gen, you know what? Save ten bucks and go for it. If uh, if that's all you got, I, I say go for it. Hell yeah, man! All right, uh, Josh, you have a news article down here from PC Gamer. What you got? <laughs> Yeah, something's kind of small news, but I think it'd be really fun. So Doom Eternal is getting a horde mode 
which mm. sounds fantastic. I've been kind of looking for a reason to go back to this game. Just have I've just prioritized other stuff mm. uh, because Doom Eternal had a DLC that I never got to because I, I bought it and beat it when it was brand new. Um, and I had a ton of fun with that game. And honestly, the um, the PS5 upgrade looks really great. It, no dual sense or anything. It's just strictly uh, a visual, visual. Like a 4K and um, a frame rate upgrade. But in a game like that, what's so busy, frame rate's a big deal. And now that the game can, I think, really be played to its full potential, a horde mode in Doom sounds very chaotic and very fun. Um, it almost felt like horde mode a lot of times in the game. You're like, oh my god, when will these enemies stop coming? But now you're doing it on purpose. So now you can see how long you can uh, progress. And I'm sure there's power-ups in the map like there is in regular Doom maps and ammo scattered everywhere and you know, forcing you to conserve when it needs certain ammos would need to and attack certain things. And yeah, it sounds like an endless just chaos in the form of doom and that sounds massively fun so is it multiplayer or is it just a single player horde mode see i wanted it to be multiplayer because i think doom does have a multiplayer mode and i haven't played with it so i can't really speak to much of what that is Um, and i tried to look for that in the article and i didn't see it i'm hoping that it would be a cooperative horde mode because i think that would be extra fun if you had yeah just a group of doom guys just before <laughs> oh my gosh imagine that of chaos and rockets oh my gosh. and shotguns and yeah grappling hook she cut off shotguns people flying okay, yeah. every oh my bfgs all around so <laughs> <laughs> four bfgs going off at once yeah uh, that would be at least so started off good. with two right at least start off a co-op horde mode yeah just, that's really the bread and butter and then go four after I that if you stabilize yeah. it because i really do think the fun of like a horde mode is playing with friends because you get a strategize oh, yeah. and you're like oh shit there's a giant thing over there we have to go kill it so it doesn't murder us and let's <laughs> jump on it while we can before these tiny things come get us yep um yeah i that would be a lot of fun with a lot of chaos to play with friends i'm really hoping it will uh, I think I said it was yet to release additional details. So I'm hoping to see um, at least a demonstration of this horde mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think it'll be fun in multiplayer, but a co-op would be a vast improvement on just upon multiplayer or single player. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm i down for that, man. I, it, is it Doom Eternal you said, right? Yeah. Okay, so Doom Eternal is on freaking Game Pass, man. So if that happens and comes out, we're gonna mm. we're gonna horde mode that shit up. I'm down for that. Hell yeah, dude! Oh, I haven't played a so horde mode fun. in ages. Yeah, no, it really have I. That's why I got really excited. Usually, I don't get excited about like, oh, here's an update on this game. But this time, <laughs> like, Doom was a ton of fun. I haven't played a horde mode anything in a long time. Dude, we should fire up Gears of War and play some horde mode in that sometime. Then that's a dope oh, ass horde mode. Yeah, that's really yeah, fun. Yeah, that was one of the first like really good horde modes yeah 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 it had like you know all sorts of strategies you could construct bases and you know traps and everything to stop them from getting in that was a good time we should check oh, that out sometime yeah, dude yeah. that'd be a shit that's four player for sure we can get a team together we could do that <laughs> yeah fuck yeah all right man so last news bit this one this one probably is going to trump my gta I'm, I'm super pumped for gta everybody knows this but Guys, they are teasing the shit out of me, and I'm going to be pissed if this isn't real. <laughs> but Ubisoft is apparently greenlit 
a new Splinter Cell game, guys. And if you've been listening, I've mentioned this, I think, in <laughs> half of our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Spy versus America has come up a few times. Fuck. Like, it's got to happen. Like, I don't care how sick anybody gets of hearing me say it. Spy versus Merc is fucking amazing. And they got to bring it back. They got to untouch it and just put it in there, be done. They don't have mm-hmm. to put any work in this, man. Like, they could literally take Pandora Tomorrow or Chaos Theory and do what they did with GTA, make it pretty, throw it back online, oh, just flip the ter- turn yeah. the server back on for the old ones. I don't give a shit, but put it out. They got to do something because Splinter Cell is, in my opinion, it is the best Tom Clancy franchise game, period, for me. Hmm, that okay. is my opinion. And, you know, there are good ones out there. Don't get me wrong. I love Ghost Recon. I think it's a great game as well. I really love Future Soldier. That game was the shit. Um, and, you know, I like Rainbow Six when I'm in the mood for it. Rainbow Six is Fair. straight up fucking real. You got to get you got to get real when you're playing that one. There's no running and gunning in that game. <laughs> so but Splinter Cell had that that level of combination where I love stealth, but I love action. And I really love story. And on top of all that, it had the gameplay to go with it. The controls were mm-hmm. buttery smooth and they worked just how you wanted them to work. And you could just do the coolest shit because all of it works so good in tandem. And then to throw it in the multiplayer function like they did and, and just let you do that with your friends was amazing. So I really want this to be true. Everybody out there listening, help me will it into life and make it real. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm going to be really sad if it doesn't come out and be something. So they've been teasing Splinter Cell while Sam Fisher himself and so many other things. It's really kind of got the community in an uproar because I'm not the only big fan of Splinter Cell and I'm really not the only guy who's tired of them just kind of leaving it to the wayside and not giving it the proper attention they should because it yeah. definitely deserves it so you you've never played any of the splinter cell games is that right no but i do remember hearing about them a lot like i i know that they're they were a pretty big series at the time pretty popular mm. i was I, oh yeah fact, now that we're talking about it, i'm a little surprised nothing has been done with it yeah it, it's an, it's been enormous it was a five game run and uh it was just so good and obviously sam fisher is iconic he has lived on you know for quite some time without a game you know he's still out there they're going to be making a netflix series you know that's a splinter cell netflix series that sam fisher is the star of so they're kind of giving it the witcher treatment which netflix did as well with the witcher movie so he's iconic enough to support the brand and why they're not continuing to utilize him i don't know um i have to say one thing though because i have to have this on the record but i don't know the voice actor i should have looked him up but Back for Blood, my son and I have been playing Back for Blood. And there is a commander that is at your fort who okay. could be Sam Fisher's voice hands down. He has the right cadence in his voice. It, everything just, if you close your eyes, you would believe yeah. it's Sam Fisher. And the reason I say that is because Michael Ironside, who I absolutely adore as Sam Fisher, he was Sam in the first three games um he he became ill and he's just had some health issues so he can no longer do the you know the job for sam anymore Mm. so they did replace him for the final two games but he has an iconic voice which is super super difficult to replace but i'm telling you i don't know who he is and i guess i should look that up while we're talking but 
the actor who does and I can't remember his name, but on Back for Blood, he is the like commander of the base that you get your missions from and he sends you out. Okay. Yeah. He has a full on like Michael Ironside feel. Like you can just you have that little bit in there. I'm like, oh my God. And I told my wife the other day when I was playing Back for Blood, I was like, they need to get him to do Sam Fisher in, in the next Splinter Cell. Oh my God, do it. <laughs> Cause it's really yeah. good. So anyway, I had to get that on record. Do it. If anybody out there listens, it, it would you will not be wrong on that choice, period. All right, guys, that's it. I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. My hype, my hype train's done for now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we got a little bit more stuff to go over. Uh, I guess the the very last thing we should mention, right, is Elden Ring did get delayed. Um, yeah. February 25th. So that's a little sad news for the huge fans out there. Got pushed back a month, right? Yeah, a month isn't too bad. As far as delays go, that's pretty mild. I'll take it over some of the delays I've seen from other yeah. games in the past. So, Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to come out in a hellacious month of video game releases. Um, mm. Your big your big one, our big one, I guess I should say, because it's yeah. going to be... February is going to be a big month for allowed thumbs. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Elden Ring is going to have to wait because Horizon's coming out. Yeah. And I got to play Horizon. I, I have to. It's one of my all time yep. favorite games. I, I have to play a sequel. That's right. It is allowed thumbs favorite it is in both of our top fives. If you go back and listen to that mm. episode, you will uh, you'll hear all about it. So, yeah, it is going to be an enormous month. Uh, Life is Strange Remastered comes out that month. Dying Light 2, um, Dynasty Warriors 9, which will be a big one for the fans of that one. Um, yeah. Horizon, we just mentioned. Destiny's 2 is getting their next DLC coming out then, their next expansion. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. Sifu. So many. Yeah, it does. Uh, Sifu is going to be another giant one. I'm actually interested in that one. Um, Elden Ring and Saints Row are all scheduled in February. Those yeah, are all the big ones. Big I only titles in yep, February. I only picked the big ones. There's actually about a list of 15 I'm looking at, but those are the the biggest ones um, on the name you know list. So it is going to be a busy February, guys, and that's my birthday month. So you know, it's going to be a good time. I just won't be able to play everything. <laughs> so I do only know my so many hours in the day. That's right. That's right. I know my my game to myself for my birthday has already been Horizon. I've already purchased the special edition, so that will be arriving. And we'll see whether or not Saints Row makes it. I'm a GTA guy. If they're not giving me GTA 6, I'm probably going to be already blown through the other GTAs we just talked about by then. Um, uh -huh. So I might, I might be on Saints Row if they don't delay it, but we'll see. That one's supposed to be on the same exact day as Elden Ring. So we shall see. Delays do happen, and you know what? I think yep. both of us at Loud Thumbs are okay with that because it just gives us better product in the end. Yeah, I would 100% want a company to delay to make a better product than rush release something. We yep. don't need another Cyberpunk. Nope, we don't. We don't. <laughs> and there's plenty <laughs> of games already to play, right? It's not like we're running out of options. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that old backlog. We, we probably just do an episode strictly backlog. <laughs> We probably should. Instead <laughs> of <laughs> so playing new things, right. we should make some progress on that list. Yeah. All right. So, uh, like we usually do here, guys, we're going to end off with the uh, game shout outs that we want to shout out here that are coming up. So, shout out what you what you want to share with everybody out there. Something you're excited about. And 
Go for yeah, it. I think I'll come back to how I started these shoutouts. Just games I love. Yeah. I'll go to Legend of Zelda. I'll link to the past. It's an old Zelda, but man, is it one mm. of the best. Yep. It's like they it took them a couple games and they just on the third game they actually fucking nailed their formula. Yeah. A game despite being like a top down 16 bit Super Nintendo game actually feels really big. Uh, the dungeons are very clever and nothing like impossible or anything, but yeah, you know, in classic Zelda difficulty, you know, takes you a little bit of thought, but you're not going to spend all day on it. And the art style is still really great. And in fact, right now, like in nowadays, it's still really charming. Um, I can't say enough positive things. Uh, none of the <laughs> items feel like underutilized or overutilized. Uh, obviously, the longer you have an item, the longer you're going to use it. But it's still one of my all-time favorite Zeldas. And I think more people should play it. And it's on the Switch's like, Super Nintendo platform. If you're on yeah. Switch Online, you already have access to it. Go play yep. it. You have a Switch and Online, fire it up anytime you'd like. Hell yes. Yeah, I have not beat that one, but that is definitely the, I think that's the one that if anybody starts with a Zelda game, start with that one because it just, it pulls you in right away. Yeah, it still has a very much a Zelda feel without, like if you get in the Breath of the Wild and you see that map, it's like, there's so much shit to do. <laughs> this is, it feels big, but it's not intimidating. Yeah. Right, Absolutely exactly. Very good Zelda to start on. Hell yes, hell yes. Uh, so my quick shout out is going to be the Forgotten City is coming to Game Pass um, on the 28th. So looking at the calendar, that should be coming up on a Wednesday, right? Or no, that's a Thursday. So you'll be this Thursday, if you're listening to us on Monday when we release, mm -hmm. that will be available. So there's a little bit of a story behind this one. I am definitely going to play this game because... It just has so much hype behind it, and it does look like a style of game I would enjoy. But this game started as a mod for Skyrim. So, oh, really? Okay. Yep. That's an interesting origin. Yep. This guy um, made a mod and just built a story around the mod, and it was so popular and beloved that he said, you know what? I'm going to take all the code out of it. I'm going to write my own code. I'm going to write my own game, and I'm going to put it out. And he That's made awesome. it happen. He made like it happen. Style. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, a real quick, like just to give a quick plot about it. Um, it explores the existential relationship between humanity and its laws. Uh, the game begins with the protagonist waking after being rescued from floating down the river by a woman named Karen. Karen asks them to look for a friend and they have disappeared whilst investigating from the nearby ruins. And as the player, you explore said ruins. They are sent towards an era of the Roman Empire. Uh, so there's like a time travel -y sort of thing to it, which is also drawn me in. Um, okay. And as the plot progresses and the player continues to exploit, it's elaborated um, that the city is under a conditional protection of the gods, where if anyone is to commit a sin, all citizens of the city would be equally punished and turned into gold um, in a system referred to as the golden rule. So it's it's uh, very you know fantasy very cool. and it sounds very cool. Sounds very cool. So I I am down to try this out. It just it seems up my alley. I, I do like Skyrim. I like Oblivion. Um, I won't say that I love them, but I do like them. I do like to play them. They're fun. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in the mood for him type of thing. But 
when I read about it and I've heard that it's time travel-y, I love time travel stuff. I've already mentioned that. I've talked enough death loop and stuff about that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And game pass. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. And visually it looks really good. It, um, it's mm-hmm. that r- line that I like a lot to where it's realism um, mixed with an art style. So I don't always yeah. get into like hyper-realistic games. I like right. that when they, they add a lot of detail to add some realism to it, but it doesn't try to be hyper-realistic. Um, it's definitely got its own bit of style to it. And I, I it's always a great line, line. And I honestly, I think it makes it easier on you know developers to do so they don't have to create just intricate, intricate detail. Um, I think it looks great. Yeah, it's like that uncanny valley that they talk about, right? Like it doesn't get so real where your brain's like, is that real or is that a video game? Like it, uh, it dials sure. back right beneath that point so that it's, oh, you know what? That's still a game with a good art style, but it's in a realistic realm of the world mm-hmm. that they're trying to talk about. Yeah, I agree with you a million percent. I love that. It's just like when you play Grand Theft Auto, you know, it's not a real game. You're looking at it. It looks really good. You know, even yeah. five, five looks great, but you know, those aren't real people like but if you play like the game um yeah, like until dawn until dawn would be one that like rolls in that uncanny valley where you're like am i watching a movie are those the actors like yeah. it's it's that level right not quite that but not quite gta like you're right mm-hmm. in between the two yeah yeah and i think the hyper realism really works in favor for like like that man of the dan and until dawn yeah oh yeah because it's a very much a cinematic experience it's yep. almost exclusively cinematic um yeah, and this game looks super good. Yeah, it like really visually. does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to be made from someone off of a mod that are just having a good time with Skyrim is, I think, a cool backstory too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool. I like that. I like I like that guy's style. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. I believe that is it for this episode. Uh, episode thirty. So we're, we're inching up to fifty. We're getting there. Uh, sooner or later, we'll be ce- yes, celebrating sir. that. 52nd which will be our one year uh anniversary yeah, that'll yeah, be a hell yeah, yeah. Uh, we're more than yeah. halfway there <laughs> <laughs> it's true fuck yeah um all right guys well we're gonna get out of here for this week uh make sure to come visit us friday at the power bar we'll be there to uh, enjoy a drink with you guys hopefully you're enjoying that as well still we are still loving doing it it's a good time oh yeah and it's another good episode too yeah yeah you're gonna love it guaranteed you know So that is it for this episode again, guys, I say. And like always, remember, until next time, for me, for Josh, stay loud.
Hey, I'm Darren. And I'm Troy. And, and we're, we're the, the Brothers, Brothers Grife. We're two nostalgic geeks who, through podcasting, are writing a love letter to the world of gaming. And after a long gaming career, we've laughed, we've cried, we spent all of our one-ups, and we're here to discuss. So party up with us every Sunday on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found. And be our player three on the Brothers Grife. <clears throat> Mind telling the fine people how to spell that? Uh, yes, uh, that's The Brothers, G-R-E-I-F. See, See you there. there! Uh, they're all still here. Uh, yeah, but what do you think they're waiting for? <laughs> I don't know, you know, off you go then. Yeah, go, go! Go! go. What are you Quit doing? You're just Get the heck out of here! You guys are just go Don't look at me! Go. We're the Brothers' Drive Brothers! Brothers. <laughs>